Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to a wonderful podcast with Lori Lumenti of Square One, had a couple of things to go over. First of all, the podcast is brought to you by Cruise Consulting, the startup accounting and tax firm started by my lovely wife five years ago, Vanessa Cruz. Uh, just hit 160 clients, could not be happier. Uh, and if your startup or a friend's startup needs help with monthly financials or taxes, things like that, we're here to help. Uh, secondly, um, oh, you know, I forgot to mention, we have this really cool R&D tax calculator uh, that now uh, people can take advantage of for free. And basically, the IRS is now letting uh, companies write off R&D tax credits against their payroll taxes. This is a game changer for startups. Used to be you couldn't use this for a very long time until the company was profitable. But this year, 2017, you're going to be able to use it for your payroll taxes. So check out the Cruise Consulting R&D tax credit calculator on our website at cruiseconsulting.com. Awesome tool, shows companies how much they can save, perfectly free to use the tool. And if you want to talk more, we're here for you. And also, uh, finally, brought to you by Expensify. Uh, Expensify helps you build uh, expense reports that don't suck. That's straight from David Barrett, the CEO's uh, mouth. It's an integral tool. We use Expensify like crazy. We highly recommend it. It's actually the first tool that we put every single new client on. And the reason why is Documenting your expenses is super important. It's something the IRS looks at. In fact, Vanessa was actually quoted in the New York Times about nine months ago talking about this. But if you're looking for expense management software, definitely check out Expensify. It's the best. I think we have, if you go to our website, cruiseconsulting.com, there's a new section that has tips. And uh, one of those tips is use Expensify. And we actually have a a code that you can just click through and you get 20% off. So look for that on the Cruise Consulting website. But most importantly, just use Expensify. It's a fantastic tool. Now on to Lori of Square One. Fantastic podcast. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. Uh, my very special guest is Lori lumenti Gardi from Square One Bank. Welcome, Lori. Uh, thank you. So, beautiful day outside. Thank you for bringing the chocolate chip cookies we're snacking on right now. Yeah, they're so yummy. Never said another one of those in my life. Yes. So Lori is, I don't know your exact title, but you're at Square One, you're executive there, and we wanted to have you on because we have a lot of clients with Square One, and kind of tell the Square One story to the startup world. Sure. Well, we've been around for, uh, since 2005, we're, um, we still consider ourselves a startup. Um, in banking terms, that's relatively short, but um, Square One is a pure play venture bank, so our focus is working with technology life science companies as well as the venture and private equity firms that finance those companies. So we have around 2,000 clients uh, nationwide, offices in pretty much everywhere you see a tech tech hub. Square One has a presence, and our client is a mix of tech companies, life science companies, and uh, we have about 250, 300 venture firms as well as clients, wow. venture and pri- private equity firms. So I didn't know you guys were banking like venture capital funds. That's really interesting. Yeah, we are. So do you do like the capital call stuff and things like that for them? Oh, we that's, do. That's we awesome. Do. That's, a good, that's a great way of building a relationship. Yeah. So you guys, so you focus on start. You align with us perfectly. Like you're a startup bank. And your target is what, seed to, to late stage kind of companies? Yeah, so we are full full life cycle bank. So we start as early on as concept stage and can work with companies that are public doing business, doing business globally. Um, so my particular focus within the bank, I head up our 
early stage practice. So the two guys, two girls in a garage running up through companies that will raise their first institutional round of funding. So I'm agnostic in terms of the sector, but I, my focus is really that building block stage and that the early, early, early stage. Yeah. I, I find that the most fun too, because it's like the most enthusiasm. The founders are usually young, full of you know fresh ideas and yes. want to change the world. And yep. we do that at Cruise Consulting too. And we, yeah. it's actually, we probably have similar business models in that, um, once those companies start growing and raising more capital, they start hiring a lot more people and get mm-hmm. a lot more complex and you can do more banking services for them right. and we can do more accounting services for them. So it's, right. it's, that's the great way about the Valley. Yep. Generally speaking, I think the early stage companies, you know, uh, to your point, the banking needs are typically not that um, complex unless the company is, you know, monetizing their business already. But generally speaking, they tend to be pretty um, simplistic yeah. at that stage. But they do need a little bit more hand-holding on other things to help them to get to the next stage. So we have a platform that really helps them as they're getting up off the ground. So I find that it's more that building block stage. And I personally am more of a builder myself. So, um, you know, it aligns with my interests and passions and in, yeah. in working with companies, rolling up my sleeves and um, helping them get up off the ground. What are some of the things that like an early stage startup needs from their bank? Like, what do you do for them? Well, first, the typical thing that they need is a bank account. Yeah, hold Usually, the cash. <laughs> <laughs> hold the cash and hold the, you know, hopefully lots of it. But when you think about their banking, you know, I, I think of it more as the inflow and outflow of, of their, you know, the fuel of their company. So, so they do need a, a good banking platform. There is a difference between a commercial bank and a retail bank. Square One is a commercial bank. So, um, it, it, working with a bank like Square One, it's really about that automation of products and services and really thinking about in the long term creating operational efficiencies for the company. So it's not usually top of mind for the entrepreneur when they first start out, but usually by the time they, they raise funding, generally speaking, they're starting to really pour gas on things. And mm-hmm. that's the time that you don't really want to be displacing your banking and trying to up tier it. So um, we prefer to get companies early on when they're first starting out, um, help them to make sure that they have the right infrastructure when they're starting off and help them with some of the other things that they need, you know, connections to folks like you, mm-hmm. connections to investors, you know, the, whatever that company needs. I've been doing this for a really long time, and um, I still sometimes get surprised at what the needs are. But, um, <laughs> you know, the great thing about Square One is it has a really great platform and, and a lot of really well-connected people that have been around for a long time. So um, we're usually one degree of separation away from finding an answer or a solution for them. Yeah, you guys have a great reputation and are awesome member of the community. So I can can speak for that. Thank you. Um, What are some of the, you know, like for people out there who know Square One, but maybe you're thinking about banking, you know, they're choosing the next bank for their startup. Well, hopefully they're not choosing another bank. (laughs) No, I was was going to say, what what is like Square One's, what makes you guys awesome? Like, what do you guys compete on? Yeah, well, you know, I I think the people are really... uh, part of our secret sauce for sure. Um, The bank has been really lucky and fortunate to attract some of the best bankers I know that I've worked with over the years. Um, A lot of folks that I've worked with um, at Comerica Bank, at SVB, Wells Fargo. Um, So really, um, we have a, a really great team of, of professionals that are helping to build the brand and build the business and and you know their folks honestly i wouldn't think of being in the trenches with anyone other than than the team that we're with right now that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah you know you it's really important for the startups to build a relationship with their bank and, and specifically their banker 
because things come up or they might need a favor or like you said, they need a referral to another service provider who you, you're going to know off the top of your head because you know so many people and know so many yeah. other kinds of service providers. So that's, that's super important. It is. We were talking before we turned on the mics that you guys went through a merger a couple of years ago and maybe he walked the audience through that and how that's affected your business. Sure. We acquired about a year and a half ago by Pacific Western Bank and it's been, it's actually been a great, um, great partnership uh, working with Pacific Western Bank. So their model has really been to acquire specialty lenders. So we fit into one uh, one leg of the um, the stool for them, um, and then we provide the venture banking. So it was never really their intention to acquire us and to integrate us into another bank and become, you know, I mean, we are integrated, but to, you know, be, merge as part of the Pacific Western brand. Uh, so we, we have our own credit culture, our own brand, our own team. Um, and, you know, really, it, it's been a great uh, partnership. The leverage that we get off of having the aggregate balance sheet really enables us to uh, stay with the companies a lot longer in our life cycle. So we went from about a $4 billion bank to a 22 plus billion dollar wow. bank. Um, so with that comes, you know, the investment into our brand and into our bank in terms of growth, um, but also investment into the, you know, the platform and to our clients and making sure that we can stay with them a lot longer in their yeah. life cycle. So, so that helps you like make much bigger venture debt loans mm-hmm. or just provide what more foreign transaction services and more complicated stuff basically. Because yeah. So over time, for sure, um, but but definitely on the balance sheet, being able to do bigger loans, taking larger holds on things, um, and and being able to support companies a lot longer in their life cycle. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah. It's really cool that they bought. Like they were, you know, you hear some acquirers like buy a company mm-hmm. and then they immediately try to change them. Yeah, it's like why did you buy us in the first place? But this is a great situation where they were able to. You you guys are really good at something they wanted exposure to and yeah. folded you right in. Didn't doesn't sound like it changed too much. Yeah, no. And actually, they bought it specifically for us. Um, you know, they the acquisition price I think was about eight hundred and forty five million. Wow, that's big. It's one of the largest transactions in the financial sector, yeah. uh, for sure, in a long time. So um, they specifically bought us, and and you know there really was no intention to integrate us and yeah mess it, with it. So, but that that being able to do like those later stage loans is probably really powerful for you guys. Cause you, like you said, you build a relationship from seed all the way up and through the years and five or six years later, they're a late stage company and they right. want to continue to be able to get a loan from you and mm-hmm. have you manage all their money. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely created more opportunities. In fact, we're looking at, I know we're looking at a couple really larger, larger syndicated opportunities from other banks, which, um, you know, in the past we probably wouldn't have had the appetite for or ability to really contemplate it seriously. So, wow. Um, so it's been it's been really great. Um, all of that said, it hasn't changed our focus at all. We're still really passionate about working with early stage companies. I was brought on uh, about two and a half years ago specifically to help build out the early stage practice. So to focus on that, two guys, two girls in a garage with or without the dog. I'm a big animal lover, so hopefully with the dog. Um, <laughs> but on up through the companies that will raise institutional funding. So yeah. uh, that's a relatively two and a half years is not really new, but um, but but that is a newer initiative for the bank yeah and in terms of like uh, for you like what are you looking for out of those entrepreneurs like what makes it a good fit for you yeah so we look for entrepreneurs that really have a desire to grow that plan on raising venture funding for Mm -hmm. sure so um, I think that you know there's a lot of there are a lot of startups in the valley Um, not all companies really need a commercial bank in the long term so I think there's a difference between 
you know, a startup that plans on raising funding, plans on getting to scale and will need commercial banking products and services. And those ultimately are the kinds of clients that we tend to look for. So, you know, I look for a really good team. I look for a really great idea. I look for a big market that's going to support, you know, the funding going into it. I look for all of the things that you would typically look at or look for um, to attract venture funding. We're kind of the same way. Like we, we always tell people that if you're raising venture funding, you're going to value like our execution because Mm -hmm. we can move really fast and we do things really well. And someone who's bootstrapped and we're a bootstrap company too. So there's no shame in being bootstrapped. But they tend to be more cost focused and don't need things right kind of as, as, as quickly or as professionally done. And that's probably the same for you guys. Like they, uh, a startup really appreciates their bank when they're venture funded and they have to accept $5 million worth of wires in a 24-hour period. They know that you guys can get it done for them. Right. Well, I think also when a company is bootstrapping, you know, they typically are – um, they're typically using their own funds to fuel the growth yeah. of the company. So you have to think from an operational standpoint, um, generally speaking, if they're taking money from their own bank account, it's a lot easier for them to just transfer funds into a, an account at the same bank typically versus having to write a check or wire funds to another bank and manage two separate accounts yeah. during that bootstrap phase at least um and similar with you if they're consolidate you know if they're looking at their financials and they have one person doing it versus two sets of individuals doing it sometimes it makes a little bit more sense for them maybe it's not the right answer you know it's not what we want but yeah Yeah. but but it's really i always encourage entrepreneurs to really think about what that experience is going to look like we're not going anywhere um as are you're not either but um to really think through whether or not that's that's how you want to be spending your time versus executing on the business yeah yeah i always say sometimes like they're buying back some of their time by working with us or by working with an awesome startup bank like you guys they're they're freeing themselves a little bit more because you again they can call you that you know exactly the questions they're going to ask probably Mm -hmm. before they even ask them so Mm -hmm. um you also one of the things we talked about was just talking about venture debt a little bit and maybe explain this to the audience and i think most people have heard that term but maybe don't understand the the dynamics purely can you just explain what venture lending is yeah sure i think i actually i think a lot of people um confuse venture debt with taking debt in lieu of venture funding Mm -hmm. so um that's that's an awesome thank you for saying that and yes i answer that question all the time yes oftentimes i get i get that i'm not i don't really want to raise equity but i would like venture debt that's uh, doesn't work doesn't work that way so venture debt is really the art of leveraging equity with debt so when a company raises their institutional run of funding um typically they will layer on debt to help um help generally not as a bridge but really as runway extension for them so oftentimes if they have a little extra cushion it enables them to keep you know kick tick off a couple extra milestones that ultimately or hopefully will enable them to boost their valuation mm-hmm. so that's the uh, the the key to it where the reason that entrepreneurs will think about it venture debt's not for everybody um but in a lot of instances it, it definitely does make sense yeah. um in the instances it doesn't i think entrepreneurs really need to think about the fact that debt is debt and it does have to be repaid so you know we're a bank and we lend 
on our depositors' money, right? So, you know, if you look at rates these days, they're not terribly exciting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're not taking venture risks with, with depositors' money. So when we make those loans, we need to make sure that we're getting repaid back. So I think when entrepreneurs don't have a lot of visibility into where they're going and, and you know, where their business is leading, um, they really need to think about whether or not they want debt looming and the um the need to repay that debt back and service the debt so um for other companies as they start to you know as they start to move out of the venture risk absolutely lending uh, you know we look to lend not only doing venture debt but also asset-based lending and and other creative solutions so yeah that's a great analysis um I said another way, like, don't look to a lender to, like, save your company. A lender is going to add on to, like, more equity or, or add on to the equity, but not, like, kind of put money in in, the, in a tough time or... Right, like a bridge you know, loan. A where, bridge loan. Yes. Great. Yes, thank you yes. for saying that. Yeah, yes. sometimes we have people come to us and they're like, oh, I'd really like some venture debt because I'm not really going to hit my milestones right now. And it's like, well, that's not actually not what it's for. Right. It's, right. it's when you're, you know, you have plenty of, you just need a little extra cushion. It's not kind of save the company right. thing. Yeah. And, and truthfully, venture debt is typically done at the close, you know, when a company first closes, um, their round of funding. So we generally would like to get involved, um, at the time that they close their, their series A round, mm-hmm. um, series B round, whatever. So generally speaking, the bridge, you know, that's a bridge. And oftentimes it's more like a peer loan, not a bridge. So a bridge is, you know, we see a predefined event occurring. Um, a peer is when you, company's running out of runway, but they they don't have their, their next round of funding locked in and they don't really have, doesn't look, it's not imminent, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's an event that hopefully will happen, but uh, because it, you can't see it. It's more of a pier than a bridge. Yeah. That's like, I haven't heard that term before. That's a really good term. <laughs> you you also mentioned something about asset-based lending. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could go through the couple kinds of asset-based lending that Square One does. Sure. So we, um, through our uh, specialty finance group, we provide basic, uh, you know, it's basically asset-based. So we look at invoices um, as companies are starting to commercialize their technology and they have receivables, then we can generally lend against um, those receivables. So we can lend against specific invoices um, or receivables based. So that's, that's generally the principle behind mm-hmm. asset-based lending. So um, the solution we have tends to be, a, it's a pretty elegant solution in terms of how it's structured and um, you know, and, and the terms and all of that are really depend on the you know the individual borrower. But we really tr- we try to understand what our clients' needs are, or you know, an entrepreneur's needs are, and what their objectives are, um, and you know, fill the gap with a solution that's going to give them the flexibility that they need to move to the next step. Yeah, and on the accounts receivable financing, it's basically just so that for the lay people out there, you know, especially when your company's growing really fast with revenue you can basically kind of pledge those receivables to the bank Mm -hmm. and the bank thinks that's awesome collateral because it is, you know, those customers are going to pay. Right. And so they'll do an advance and maybe at 75 or 80% advance rate. And that way as an entrepreneur, you can use that money to fund your growth in that, in that mega growth cycle. And because sometimes people don't realize that, um, growing actually sucks up a lot of cash and working capital. Right. So you guys are helping solve that problem. We are. We are. Yeah. Yep. Do you guys do any like equipment lending or is that of the past or? Yeah, we will do equipment lend, uh, lending more tied in a venture loan mm, uh, okay. versus specific equipment. So yeah. we're not doing any, you know, like leases or, or that 
mm-hmm. specific, but typically within a line of credit, we can tuck out or carve out equipment. Okay, cool. The- and then what, what are some of the, like, you know, do you guys do like the pure kind of growth capital lines like that some of the specialty finance companies would do or... Is that in your toolkit? It is in our toolkit. Ah. Fondly enough, we have a specialty, a structured finance group that actually does that. So as companies really start to mature and grow, then our structured finance group um, will typically take on that risk. So, um, And also through our, our partners at Capital Source as well. Um, oh, Capital okay. Source is the third leg of Pacific, the Pacific Western oh, Bank. Oh, I didn't know that. They bought Capital yep. Source? Wow. They did. They wow, did. So, yep. So they're a sister, or I don't know if it's a brother or sister organization. Depends. <laughs> you ask, but um, but they are definitely in the family, and so we've found a lot of opportunities where if there's something that we can't do, then then you know there's opportunity that they've been able to step up and help. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, what are maybe this is kind of a funny or funnier question? I mean, you got to have a couple of good stories of like the the phone ringing in the middle of the night, or hey, you you know. What are some situations where you've helped clients walk through, you know, work through a tough situation or you just find it comical, you know, the, you're like, how did I end up here? How did this, you know, maybe you made a loan to a company that wasn't executing as well, but then they pulled it out of the hat. Like, have you had any of those kind of situations? Oh my God. I've had like too many of them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've had, you know, I've had mornings where I've had to get up at four to make sure, you know, wires have gone out. Yeah. And I've had late night phone calls where entrepreneurs have gotten their their debit card stolen or credit card stolen and oh haven't God. known what to do. Um, I've got, I mean, sometimes we, I think we, we sit in a really interesting, especially with the early stage, because there's so much that happens. Sometimes you're, sometimes I'm really a banker and sometimes yeah. I'm a counselor yeah. and sometimes I'm a dating coach and sometimes I'm, you know, a, everything in between so you know interior decorating <laughs> you get all ask all kinds of questions but the best stories are really I, and over the years i've been doing this since 2001 so i've worked with a lot of companies or really yeah. a, a ton of companies and it's always great seeing them when they're just starting out and I don't say I can't say that you don't know if they're going to make it, but you know I, I think generally speaking, I've been really fortunate that a lot of the clients that I have worked with have gone on to great successes. So, um, but just seeing them from nothing to where they're literally in their apartments and they've got you know a team of developers stacked in there yeah. to having a big office and you know poised for going public. I mean that that's really phenomenal and or getting acquired and I've had repeat entrepreneurs that have you know once the handcuffs are off they've been they're already thinking of their next venture and moving on to the next um their next company and it's and some of them I'm, I'm working with one, one right now where it's like this is deja vu <laughs> <laughs> you know the phone's ring, ringing and the bank account's really low and payroll's coming and you know what to do and and have to solve the problem help yeah. solve the problem so um i think that one of the best things about i think the one of the best things about my job is i love solving problems so for me you know it's a lot of fun um and i fortunately have not been stumped yet but yeah that's good yeah. well and you know there's different personality types of founders and some are mm-hmm. like very hands-off and cool mm-hmm. characters and others are very needy and right. you in our job and your job you see kind of the whole cast of characters and mm-hmm. I don't really think there's even a correlation with success depending, mm-hmm. you know, they're just different strokes for different folks. And, right. and some people are, are doing what, you know, calling you at, in, at midnight, trying to figure out how to do a payroll and 
But those I haven't gone to midnight. That, I haven't yeah. gone to midnight. <laughs> so let's not yeah, put that, we don't want to encourage that behavior. That yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, we get the same kind of stuff or people calling aggressively and it's like, well, we're trying to help you, you know, yeah. just give us a little time. Well, I think that's the, you know, that's the nature of the, the job though. Um, I think that entrepreneurs, I mean, as a bank, we recognize the fact that entrepreneurs are, they do things in their time and, and we try to make ourselves as available as we can to, you know, be able to help and, and help resolve the problems. But, um, you know, we do have to sleep. Yeah, uh, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And you, I think you made a really good point about your depositors capital, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, I think that's really cool that you think about that. Cause you know, you, there's always a temptation to do loan, like the next kind of loan, or maybe it's mm-hmm. a little aggressive, but thinking about like whose capital that really is and being true to your roots and is a, is a really smart approach. Yeah. And, and square one really has a, a great reputation in terms of, um, you know, we've been very disciplined. We've, and I think that comes with the experience. You know, if you look around the bank, a lot of us have been doing this for a really long time. And with that, we've seen a lot of ups and downs and bubbles and, and, and it is tempting. There are times where I'm like, Oh my God, that company is so great. And and I definitely want to, you know, we should be lending everything, you know? Um, but I also don't spend time in uh, casinos or gambling money. So I, I, my risk tolerance is, is a little, a little less in terms of, uh, you know, there's a balance. There really is, uh, there really is the right amount of debt with equity. And we work very hard to find that and really to understand the company's objectives, where they're going, the risks around the deal and to provide the solution that we think will benefit them as well as work for us. Yeah, no, that makes, that's perfect. Um, what are some, are there any new initiatives or things you're working on at square one or is it more of a geographical because it, it, I have seen you guys really build out like the Southeast and, mm-hmm. you know, Southern California and things like that. Like what's, what's kind of next for for you folks? Is yeah, this kind of continuing? Yeah, we're continuing. I mean, we've definitely, we've had some, um, new hires around the country. Uh, so some couple folks in Chicago, um, in DC, in the south, uh, the southeast, um, definitely in the Bay Area, we've been growing pretty rapidly. We've got a couple, couple more people coming on board this quarter. Uh, this, yeah, still this quarter. <laughs> I had to think of where we are in the timeline. So, um, you know, we're we're definitely continuing to grow and expand, and and with that as well, with different product lines um, as well. So, more solutions to help serve our clients as their their needs continue to grow. And yeah. when you think of payments, and you know where companies are going relative to the movement of money there's there's a lot of opportunity to be innovative and yeah. so are you guys do you guys do a lot of fintech stuff because we we're seeing just a ton, i mean it's still i think maybe it's cooled off a little bit since mm-hmm. the lending club ipo and things like that but we're still seeing a lot of fintech companies come through yeah we've got a few fintech companies in the portfolio and i would say that you know we're we're great with those companies um that are not uh that don't that are not in the msb category or uh tppp category so oh, i don't know what those are so an msb is a money services business oh, okay. and a tppp is a third-party payment provider okay. so yeah. you know generally if there's a lot more oversight that's required 
for those companies. You yeah. know, they need to be registered and all of that. Those are we're not typically the right solution for them. Um, but you know, if it's a fintech company that really raises venture funding and they just happen to be serving the financial services space or providing some kind of a solution that's not touching money that requires them to be mm-hmm. registered, then then we have we do have a few of those in our portfolio. Yeah. What's your favorite? You have to have a favorite sector. You've been doing this for a while. I, like, I is it biotech or software? I love or? them all. I love them. All. You know what? I, I'd say that probably um, my strengths are more in the um, enterprise enterprise and. And I do really like fintech as well, but yeah. um, I've worked in finance for a really long time. So, um, and I've worked in—I actually did work in a uh, fintech company. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Back in 2000, yeah, I was called Ion. Ion. Oh. Yep. So this was the uh, two bubbles ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, you know, but I. I'm finding that there's so many interesting sectors, though. I, I am really fascinated with AR, VR, you know, that whole sector. I think there's so much going on in healthcare, IT, and digital yeah. health. They, you know, there's a lot of innovation. I'm really fascinated by that. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I like them all. I'm just, I, you know, I, truthfully, I'm a bit of a geek. You yeah. know? I, can, I can vouch that she's very sincere in this. I can I see do. your I facial just, expressions. I just, yeah. I, I really, you know, it's like if I had to pick one, it just would be really, really yeah. hard. But I, but I would say that, you know, definitely enterprise is a little stronger just because I've spent so much more of my time on that yeah. in the sector. And um, when I think about my connections and network. Yeah. Well, you're a hugely networked person. You're a pleasure to work with. We love square one, recommend square one. Awesome. So thank you for taking the time. Thank Do you, you want to kind of tell, you know, wrap it up a little bit and tell people where they can find you and the square one sweet spot and the kind of clients you're looking for? Yeah, sure. Probably the best place to find me is usually in a coffee shop <laughs> <laughs> somewhere between Menlo park and my office is in Sand Hill, but we have an office here in San Francisco as well. Um, but best way to find me is you can email me at lumenti at squareonebank.com um, and you can find that on our website at squareonebank.com you can nav and find me um, there or call me um, there's a general inquiry uh, as well um, but you know we we look for companies as early on as concepts so if you're just starting out your business and you're looking for a great bank to work with definitely worth giving us a call um, and seeing if we're a good fit for you um, on up through you know if you're company that's raised money and you're looking for a new banking solution we definitely would love the opportunity to talk to you as well and you guys have been a great partner Ah, as well so really appreciate it and appreciate the opportunity to be here yeah no thank you so much well Lori, thank you for coming by and again we love square one recommend it and uh, really appreciate everything you guys have done for us and done for our clients and we're gonna go have some more cookies so (laughs) yes yes all right thank you so much bye-bye